Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, I come to you guys after just an embarrassing, despicable performance by the Tennessee Titans. And what I was worried about all week, the classic Tennessee Titans trap game. We got questionable decisions by the coaching staff. We got seven sacks on offense, a blown snap on a big third down in the red zone. We got offensive linemen catching screen passes illegally. We got the Titans defense playing 10 yards off on key third and shorts. We got the pressure not getting home. We got big play after big play after big play for Zach Wilson and the Jets offense. And to cap it all off, the cherry on top, we got a missed field goal in a big spot as Randy Bullock misses from 49, the Titans lose their chance at a tie and lose to the Jets 27-24. to A very unfortunate loss, but we are going to talk about everything that happened. We are going to discuss the, the big picture takeaways here, what happened on offense. I have a spoiler for you guys. It might have something to do with the seven sacks, but I'm going to tell you schematically what happened to the Titans offense and why they couldn't get things going. And then we are going to talk about the defense as well. And it was a tale of two halves for the Titans defense. No way uh, to change that fact. It's Jekyll and Hyde. And then we are going to zoom in. We are going to look at the individual performances in Titan up and Titan down. By the end of the game, I had a few more Titan ups than I expected. So I will be excited to share that list with you guys. And then as we always do to cap off this Monday show, we are going to take a look at what happened in the AFC South and kind of peek forward at what is ahead for the Titans as they have a very difficult stretch in just a few weeks ahead that makes this Jets loss just uh, a little bit more painful. So a lot to discuss on this Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First and foremost, want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. And if you're new, do want to remind you guys I'm going to be putting out daily Monday through Friday Tennessee Titans content on the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream podcasts and on the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Make sure that you never miss an episode of the number one Tennessee Titans podcast in the world by subscribing on whatever platform you do stream. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. Follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. I'm going to be doing a ton of film breakdowns throughout the week. And check out the show Facebook page at Locked On Titans Pod. But let's dive into this miserable trap game for the Tennessee Titans. It, it really just feels exactly like the Bengals game last year. You're going up against a rookie quarterback who does have some talent, but's had a tough start to the year. Uh, the Titans can't take advantage of the injuries for the Jets because of the injuries of themselves based on the cornerbacks for New York. And then the Titans wide receivers. You have a defensive line for the Jets that is very talented. Their most talented group against the Titans offensive line that has struggled to start the year. And all of those factors come together. There are a few weird bounces, a few crazy things happen, the refs, the coaches, just classic. 
Tennessee Titans stuff. And these are one of those scenarios where I hate to be right. I, I just hate it. I just worried all week. I said this was going to be a close game. The Titans really have to make sure that they lock in here. Everyone was trying to tell me in the comments it'd be a 20-point victory, 31-13, all these different scores, and I was just worried. And, and, and the Titans that we've grown to love showed up once again. But talking about the offense, it was just one-dimensional. The Titans couldn't throw the ball with any consistency outside uh, the late-game two-minute drive and then into overtime when the Jets' defense was worn out. The the big thing was the red zone deficiencies for the Titans. Last year, they were one of the best teams in the NFL in the red zone. This year, going into the game, they were 22nd in the league at 53.8. In this game, they were 2-for-5, a 40% clip in the red zone. They got those three field goals in the first half. I thought that really set the team behind. When the defense was playing well, the consistency, the Titans just can't put it all together. And overall, of course, seven sacks on Ryan Tannehill. He was doing his best to hang in there. He still ended up having a pretty good day, but just the constant pressure the Titans couldn't pick up the blitzes from the Jets. And what was happening was basically the Jets were just playing tight man coverage and saying, we're going to blitz five at you, play one-on-one -on -one in rush. And the Titans with the wide receivers they had on the field could not get open. They just couldn't get open no matter who the defensive backs of the Jets were. The Titans weren't winning in one-on-one -on -one coverage. Tannehill had no one to throw to. The offensive line wasn't blocking well. It wasn't miserable for some of the game, but they weren't blocking well. And the combination of those two things led to the seven sacks, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. They tried to keep the Titans afloat in this game, but it just wasn't enough. The Titans had to have one of their studs at wide receiver to be able to win games. It doesn't matter who you're playing. This is an NFL team, and the Jets played their best game of the season as well, but the Titans not having at least one of their studs out there at wide receiver obviously made a big difference, and that's the difference between beating the Colts and losing to the Jets. So that that's kind of the big problem for the offense is is the tight man coverage and bringing pressure on Ryan Tannehill on the defensive side. Really good first half. They were able to get some pressure on Zach Wilson, but in the second half, there was no pressure whatsoever outside of Harold Landry just making plays all over the field. And the Jets just hit a ton of deep passes against the Titans' man coverage. Jackrabbit Jenkins, Breon Borders getting beat down the field. Zach Wilson used his arm talent and just made some plays because the Titans couldn't get pressure. It gave Wilson way too much time. There were some questionable calls as well, putting Christian Fulton in the slot, but then we're hearing that Chris Jackson was hurt. But why not Elijah Molden, Breon Borders outside? Now you're putting Christian Fulton in the slot where he really struggled. He was playing well on the outside. Now instead of having one good corner and one bad corner in the slot, you have two bad corners, Christian Fulton in the slot and Borders outside. So I thought that was a questionable questionable decision in the second half that hurt the team. But overall, it's, it's just about consistency for the Titans. I mean, the offense plays terrible in the first half. The defense plays well. You flip to the second half, the defense plays terrible, the offense plays well. Every single game this year, the Titans have yet to put a complete game together, even a complete half together, where both the offense and the defense are playing their best football. And until they find a way to do that, we're going to see these Jekyll and Hyde performances from the Titans where it looks like they should win, but they find a way to lose. 
It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And then finally, I just want to point this out. I think Mike Vrabel had to go for two on the touchdown at the end of regulation. Throughout the year, the Titans are one for one on two-point conversions this year, but also they've been great at one-yard situations running the read option with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. It's essentially been unstoppable for the Titans. I can't believe that after the way the Titans played defense in the second half, Mike Vrabel thought that it was a good idea to put the ball potentially into the defense's hands and allow them to try to stop the Jets. And although they held to a field goal, I still think that what the what Mike Vrabel should have done is go for two in that scenario. You're on the road. The defense has played bad. That is the exact spot where you go for two. You try to steal the win. You played a terrible second half. Try to steal that win with your two best players, the ball in their hands. And you could say it's hindsight, but I tweeted it before the play even happened. Go for two. The Titans have to go for two here. So disappointed that Mike Vrabel, who usually plays things, I think, smartly, did not make the right decision in that case. But that's kind of my big picture items that I wanted to discuss. We are going to talk about the individual performances in this game and tighten up and tighten down. Make sure to let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans who your tighten ups were and your tighten downs were. Before we get into that, though, do want to tell you guys about the Get Upside app. There is an incredible app that everyone who buys gas has to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are getting as much as $200, $300 in cash back every month and there's no catch. The cash back goes right to your account. You can cash out at any time directly to your bank account, your PayPal, or an e-gift card like for Amazon. So download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the free Get Upside app. Titans fans, let's dive right back in to this Monday episode of the Locked on Titans podcast. Of course, do want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day. We are going to talk about the individual performances now in Tighten Up and Tighten Down. And I like to start out with the positives because surprisingly, there were some positives in this game. I know a lot of you guys are going to be feeling downtrodden. You're going to be feeling very upset and trying to not find any positives in the game. But I'm here to tell you there are some. And of course, we got to start with the performance of Derrick Henry. He really gave us all out there and he got a ton of carries a ton of touches, 35 on the day. He went for 157 rushing yards. He went for 20 receiving yards, had a touchdown. The, the Titans really relied on him in the second half, and he delivered like he normally does, and that's why I was disappointed Vrabel didn't go for two and put the ball in either Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill's hands with the game on the line. But a great performance by Derrick Henry, who continues to just be absolutely ridiculous. And at some point in time, the Titans are going to have to get him some rest. I mean, they are going to have to find a way to not give him 30-plus carries in a game. He is on pace for like 540, 550 touches right now. It cannot continue. It cannot continue. And when you have one week separating you from the most difficult stretch of the season, 
I don't really see the opportunity to give him the type of rest that he needs and to spell him. This was one of those games where in the fourth quarter, you're using Jeremy McNichols. But because the Titans kicked field goals in the first half, instead of getting touchdowns in the red zone, Derrick Henry again, 35 carries, 35 touches. I mean, it, it it's just hard to deal with. Uh, on defense, the real stud was Harold Landry. Seven tackles, had the sack. Three tackles for loss. He was great in the game. Ryan Tannehill as well. I know that he got sacked over and over. Got some happy feet at times. But he was 30 for 49. 49 pass attempts. 298 yards. Had the touchdown and really took the Titans down the field when it mattered most as he typically does. If he wasn't getting sacked seven times in a game, the Titans probably would have been able to win it. Uh, also, do want to point out Christian Fulton. He had the interception, and I know he gave up some catches in the second half, but again, I pointed out putting him in the slot where he's not adept. We we can see that through his first you know one and a half year of games. We can see that. He's much better outside than in the slot, so I'm not going to crush him for not performing in the slot where that's just not where he fits. So Christian Fulton tighten up for getting that interception, overall playing a decent game. Danico Autry was out there getting pressure with Harold Landry as well. I thought Danico Autry had a really nice game, made a big play on Zach Wilson uh, in overtime to force a field goal, had some big plays in the fourth quarter as well. So a good game from Danico Autry. Chester Rogers had a pretty decent game, five catches for 63 yards, three punt returns. I thought he did pretty well. On punt return, that's something that the Titans needed to see. He had a 22-yard punt return, three punt returns for 44 yards. Solid day there. I know this is going to be a hot take. This is going to be controversial. But I'm giving a Titan up to Randy Bullock, man. Three for four on his field goals, one for one on his extra points, a 49-yard field goal on the road. I mean, that's a tough spot. The Titans should not have put Randy Bullock in a situation where he needed to make that field goal. I, I have a hard time. There's two things that I have a hard time blaming after games, and that's refs and kickers. Okay, if it was closer, I'd get it. But a 49-yard field goal on the road in an open stadium, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not going to give Bullock a Titan down for that. The Titans should not have been in that situation in the first place. And they took a false start and took a sack right before that. It should have been a much closer field goal. So that's really what doomed the Titans. It's not Randy Bullock's fault for that situation. Jeremy McNichols, I told you guys. I told you guys. Jeremy McNichols, a big McWeapon game. He only had one carry for 11 yards, but eight catches for 74 yards. He was the Titans' leading receiver on the day. And if Todd Downing would have done more screening and more draws, he could have had an even bigger day, which I think he should have. Cam Batson had the one catch for two yards in the touchdown. Didn't really have a great day, but I'm throwing him in there for that. A really good play design there by Todd Downing on the outside motion. Um, th that's kind of the only Titan downs or Titan ups I had. Moving to Titan downs, the entire offensive line, especially Nate Davis, uh, David Questenberry, and Aaron Brewer, not only for blocking but for the botch snap. That was on a third and one. Let's talk about that real quick. Third and one in the red zone, almost like third and a half yard. You take Derrick Henry off the field. You go to shotgun with McNichols in the backfield. Aaron Brewer's first play on the field after Ben Jones gets hurt, and you run a shotgun snap. Why aren't you under center, making it easier for Aaron Brewer, and then giving the ball to Derrick Henry on third and one to guarantee you get the first down, or at minimum, quarterback sneaking it with Ryan Tannehill again. Questionable decisions on who was going to decide the Titans' fate in the red zone in this game. I just simply don't understand. Uh, anyways, moving forward, 
Jeff Swaim as an extension of the offensive line. Again, just absolutely miserable. That guy's been bad. I, I, maybe it's COVID lingering effects. I don't want to seem insensitive to that fact, but he's just been awful to start the year. No way around it. Uh, Taylor Lewan in and out of the lineup again, dealing with injuries and coming back. Give me a break, man. Saffold left the game. Was hurt. Hopefully he'll be all right. Had a concussion, but didn't perform very well. They were starting to get things going in the second half, but when you do that poorly in pass protection, I got to give you a tighten down for the seven snaps. Ola Daney did nothing in this game. A, a good reminder for us that while he can help the Titans as a situational rusher, he is certainly not talented enough to be a full-time every-down rusher out there. The linebackers, Jayon Brown, David Long, Rashawn Evans, none of them. Had a very good game in this game, especially in pass coverage there in the second half. Um, Jack Rabbit, Breon Borders, absolutely terrible in the second half. Jack Rabbit was god awful in this game. Really, really hurt the Titans uh, throughout. Dane Crookshank had the bad um, DPI uh, pass interference. Listen, I said when they cut Bradley McDougald that although McDougald wasn't good. Dane Crookshank is meant to be a 10 yards, 15 yards, and in safety, box safety, sub-package linebacker. You put Dane Crookshank as your deep safety to play free safety for you, it's not going to turn out well. And that's exactly what, what happened. He's not, he's not the type of athlete that needs to be going backwards. He's a guy who needs to be coming forwards, more of a Logan Ryan than he is a Kevin Byard. So I think that was a mistake, and it kind of bit the Titans there. Uh, and then the coordinators, Shane Bowen. Going with Jack Rabbit or going with Fulton in the slot and Breon Borders outside rather than having Molden come in. I think that was a bad decision because, like I said at the in the first segment, you get worse at two spots when you do that. You get worse at the outside because Fulton is a much lesser player in the slot. And you get worse in the slot too, because you have a guy who's not used to playing there. So you get worse in two spots rather than just being bad in the slot. So I think that was a bad decision as well. Also, Todd Downing. Oh, and let me say this. A Titan down to John Robinson. Again, his draft classes making zero impact in their rookie season. That's a big part of the draft is getting that immediate cheap production, especially with your first and second round picks. You should be getting high-level production. And the Titans are getting nothing from Caleb Farley, Dylan Radins, Monty Rice. Now Rashad Weaver's hurt. Elijah Molden can't play anymore, I guess. So from my perspective... A Titan down for John Robinson. The Titans could have used Caleb Farley if they wanted to put Christian Fulton in the slot, right? That would have been a good time for your first round high-end cornerback to come in and play, but he's been inactive and is hurt. And, you know, it's not necessarily his fault for getting hurt, but just disappointing that another draft class is just not helping the Titans whatsoever in their rookie season. It's hard to reach your heights and reach your potential. In that scenario, again, a Titan down for Mike Vrabel, not going for two. Um, some other ones, Johnny Townsend was okay. He had a 63-yard punt, some good yardage, but uh, shanked that first one rough. Uh, Ferkser, two drops, three catches for 23 yards. Those two drops, one on the post late in the game. I think it was in overtime. The Titans could have scored a touchdown on that if he catches it. Uh, he had another drop on just a rollout short throw. A bad game from Ferkser in his, in his return. And then, of course, Dan Crookshank, the DPI, like I mentioned earlier. But that's tighten up and tighten down. We are going to talk about what happened in the AFC South over this week four of the NFL. We are also going to talk about what lies ahead for the Titans. And I'm going to try to give you a little optimism 
to end out the day. But before we get into that, do got to tell you guys about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching your sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Also, have to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bars ever from our friends over at BuiltBar.com. Right now, they have a limited time flavor, the cookie dough chunk. The bar is absolutely delicious. Great cookie dough flavor, and it's got some really nice texture with these uh, chunk uh, puffs, I guess you would call them, that are built into the top of the bar. The bar is covered in 100% chocolate. Delicious, but not just tasty. They're healthy for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great as a healthy meal substitute or just a guilt-free snack. Make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Titans fans, let's cap off this, uh, I guess you could call it, misery Monday for the Titans after a big letdown trap game loss to the Jets in overtime 27-24. to We are going to talk about what happened in the AFC South over the weekend. Before we get into that, I want to remind you guys about the Peacock and Williamson show. Of course, you make the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson show. You're going to get a great NFL perspective from Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. But let's dive into what happened in the AFC South. And of course, on Thursday night, the Jaguars lost to the Cincinnati Bengals 24-21. to The Jags had a lead early on in that game and going into halftime. We're up 14 to nothing, I believe, but the Bengals roar back and win 24 to 21. So the Jags continue to look absolutely awful on the year, move to 0 and 4. The Houston Texans really starting to look like the team we expected them to be. They lost 40 to nothing to the Buffalo Bills. That's absolutely insane. So Houston uh, downtrodden the Colts. Got their first win of the year. They are now 1-3 and three after they beat the Miami Dolphins 27-17. to 17. So the Colts right back in it with the Titans being 2-2. Two and two And, you know, this was a game they expected to win. The Titans should have been at 3-1 and one after this win. So they're obviously letting the Colts hang in it even after their bad start because of this loss. Next week, the Titans play the Jags. And it's at Jacksonville. And the Titans cannot allow two teams to get their first win of the year in back-to-back weeks. They just can't, especially their little brother in the division in the Jaguars. Especially when you consider that after that, Titans have a Monday night football game against the Bills, who just won 40 to nothing over the Texans. Do the Titans look like a team that can beat the Bills right now? I don't know. 
After that, they have a home game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Do the Titans look like they can beat the Chiefs right now? Then they go on the road and they play against the Colts. Who, if you follow Titans football, you know that the Titans will keep it close with the Colts pretty much every time they play. And then they have to go on the road on Sunday night football and play the Rams. The Titans cannot lose to the Jacks. But, 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 this was the classic trap game against an opponent that you're not used to seeing without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, blah, 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 blah. So you have to think that the Titans won't be caught off guard by a bad team again. Now, one worry, the Jags are going to have maximum amount days to get prepared for the Titans after playing on Thursday night. But most people are going to say this after this loss, but I'm not ready to. If the Titans still want to be a Super Bowl contender, they cannot afford to lose to the Jags. If they lose that game, then I will jump on the panic ship with all of you. But until then... Holding out hope. Stuff like this happens. Bad loss for the Titans, but if they get that win against the Jags next week, they go to 3-2, and two, they find a way to beat either the Chiefs or the Bills. Just one. Just find a way. The, tit- the Titans lose game to the Jets, and then they come back and they find a way to beat the Chiefs or the Bills. This is what we know about them. You beat the Colts on the road, sweep the Colts, and you're still all right, even if you lose to the Rams coming out of that with games against the Saints and the Patriots, who are good teams, but they're not as good as like the Chiefs and the Rams and the Bills. So optimism here, as long as the Titans take care of business against the Jags, the season is not off the rails. But anyways, that is going to do it for me today. I know it's a tough loss, but I'm going to be here with you all week to tell you what happened and to tell you the good stuff. As well, I'm going to make sure to to bring some optimism throughout the week, highlight some good performances throughout all the trash I'm going to have to wade through. But either way, I will see you guys tomorrow. That's going to do it for me today. Make sure that you subscribe, like if you're watching the YouTube video, leave some comments. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Either way, that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.